By the way, that is a trademark of all individuals in those positions, repetition of very simple phrases. Yeah. And the hallmark of the braggadocio is they never admit that they're wrong. Mm -hmm. They can't be wrong. Didn't you just say Mussolini yep. is one of his things was we're never wrong? I'm never wrong. I'm never wrong. <laughs> but those were posted all over the nation. You're listening to the SIL Podcast, Perspectives on Art and Technology with Peter Noche and Harry Posner. Episode 82, Digging Words, Bragadocio. Bigger, yet often smaller than life. That was one of uh, Mussolini's orations uh, during World War II, which reminded me of something when I was uh, in school. I can't remember if it was junior high, high school, I'm not sure, but I heard this little bit about Mussolini and Hitler, which I uh, just for fun do this right now. <whistles> Whistle while you work. Hitler is a jerk. Mussolini bit his weenie. Now it doesn't squirt. <laughs> All kidding aside, it may have sounded funny then, but it certainly was not funny when it was happening. Yeah, that, I love it. I mean, those are two of my favorite people in the whole world. Oh. Yeah, good old Adolf, good old Benito. Adolfo and Benito. Adolfo and Benito, who in our show today are going to be known as full of braggadocio. So welcome to another edition of Digging Words. And our word today, as we just said, is braggadocio. And why braggadocio? Well, first of all, it sounds cool to say it. Mm, it does, doesn't it? It sounds very Italian, doesn't it? How do you say it in Italian? Braggadocio. Braggadocio. And of course, it's not Italian at all. No, it's not. It's just Italian-esque. Italian-esque or Italianate, Italian as they say in the business. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was a word invented by a British writer, Edmund Spencer, that he included in his play called The Fairy Queen, which was written in 1590 or thereabouts. Mm -hmm. uh, Shakespeare invented Italian-sounding names. If you remember the character Petruchio in The Taming of the Shrew. It's yes. a made-up, Italianate kind of name. Mm -hmm. So Braggadocio was a character, actually, in Edmund Spencer's play or poem. I think it's sometimes called a poem. And he was a kind of vain, glorious character who pretended to be a knight, this knight Guillon. That's and right. he kind of takes his place. And Guillon is interesting because the knight Guillon was supposed to be someone who was... Night of temperance, where nothing too much was right. the slogan. No excess. Nothing in excess. Right. And here is this guy, Bregadocchio, or Bregadocchio in the original, actually. With a C-H. C-C-H-I-O. Right. He takes the place of this night of temperance. So it's very interesting. Bregadocchio means basically full of himself or herself, mm -hmm. right? A braggart, uh, blustering, and often a liar at the same time. Yeah, and the O-C-I-O literally means largesse. Yeah, large bragging, mm -hmm. basically, is braggadocio. It can also mean, ocio can also mean idle, 
so idle bragging, you know, mm-hmm. bragging about meaningless. nothing. Meaningless bragging, yeah, mm-hmm. about nothing in particular. Mm-hmm. So it's not used that often. Right? No, but it does have a certain impact. Yeah, it's a kind of way of saying braggart that is full of braggadocio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Instead of saying braggart, you're mm-hmm. saying braggadocio. Yeah, right? It's a perfect word to describe Benito Mussolini. Yeah, it's kind of a caricature of itself, the way Mussolini was a kind of a caricature mm-hmm. of himself. Talk to me about Mussolini and his braggadocio. If you've ever watched any films of him, he has this specific posture, which you imitated a few <laughs> times already. <laughs> yeah, with his hands at his side. I'm doing side, it right now. Chest out. Yeah. I mean, this guy was uh, one meter, 69 centimeters, or about five foot seven. <laughs> and he stood there like he was eight feet tall. I feel eight feet tall doing this, Frank. Yeah, exactly. doing it now, and it feels good, man. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Anyway, carry on. His whole persona, it was like a puffed-up bird, if you ever watched him on videos. Yes. And his aspirations were similarly based, actually believing that he could reconstruct the Roman Empire. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, that, that gee, was at the base of his thinking. Gee, that sounds familiar. Make Rome great again? Uh-huh. Make, hmm, okay, okay. <laughs> exactly. So what are some of the things that Benito said? Well, one of the things associated with Benito, which was interesting, there was a slogan that was widely used in Italy at the time of his power. And of course, his power really came after he was appointed prime minister by the king back in 1922. But one of the very common posters that were seen all around the country was this slogan. And I'll say to you in Italian first, and then I'll give you the translation. The slogan was, il duce, which can mean either duke or leader. Mm-hmm. Il duce ha sempre ragione, mm. which means, literally translated, Mussolini is always right. <laughs> <laughs> no, if that's not the braggadocio or braggadocio, however you want to say it, yeah. I don't know what is. Holy moly. But there was yeah. another quote there that was really kind of cool. Well, there's a few of them, actually. <laughs> 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 uh, for me, the, the piece de resistance on, his, on all his slogans is this one. This is what he wanted as an epitaph on his tomb. Here lies one of the most intelligent animals who ever appeared on the face of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> Think about this. Him, Hitler's bluster yeah. about making Germany great again, Stalin. all that stuff, Stalin. The thing that they have in common is that it's very theatrical. Mm-hmm. It's very Shakespearean. It's Julius Caesar. And interestingly enough, the braggart, the one with full of braggadocio, is a stock character from Italy's Commedia dell'arte. Right. And that character's name was Il Capitano, the captain. And he was the prototype of a pretentious but cowardly military man, one of the earliest of the Commedia characters. Mm-hmm. And he was a descendant of the Miles Gloriosus, the braggart soldier of ancient Roman comedy. So this is the character in Commedia dell'arte based upon ancient Rome and people like Mussolini popping up saying, oh, we're going to bring back the glory of the ancient Rome. The grandeur of Rome. Yeah. And here he is, yeah. just basically, il capitano, in the flesh. Mm-hmm. Right? Comical and tyrannical at the same time. Yeah, well, comical in retrospect. Right. I don't know if people were laughing at the time. Exactly. I mean, maybe some Italians at the time thought he was ludicrous. A lot of people supported him simply, again, very similar to what's happening today. A complete lost faith in the democratic process, in political parties, and looking for the hero to raise them out of the dumps, out of economic depression, 
Um, in Italy, you had additional things. The thing that Mussolini, for example, was noted for, there were two things. One was, they say that for the first time, the trains ran on time. Italy is noted for a lack of, uh, of punctuality <laughs> in, in many facets of life. But also, uh, one thing that perhaps a lot of people don't know is that Italy has an inherent problem with the mafia, or has had over decades. Sure, of course. And apparently, when Mussolini was in power, that was really knocked down due to martial law and so on. So it was really reduced. At least its power was reduced while he was in power. But interestingly enough, the image we get of the Don mm -hmm. is someone who keeps it under wraps. They're not a braggadocio no. in many ways, right? Kind of reversal there of what braggadocio is supposed to be about. Well, at least the old school ones were. Yeah. But if you take someone like John Gotti mm -hmm. in the 80s and 90s, he was the exact opposite. He went around in flashy suits, made the right. press all the time. So he had a lot of uh, braggadocio. Yeah, and you know, when I was in Japan, in Kyoto, as I recall, uh, we used to see these guys in Gucci suits coming out of very expensive cars, pulling their cell phones out, doing business on the street, and they were clearly Yakuza, mm. the Japanese version of the mafia. Right. And they were fully puffed up and out there and not hiding at all. They were proud of right. being who they were, which is really interesting to see. The other interesting thing is Braggadocio is the place located in Missouri, of all places, in really? the U.S. Yeah. That town was hit by a tornado in 2006, apparently. Mm. It was founded about 1847, this town or township. And the post office is called Bregadocio. It's been in operation since 1881. And some say the community was so named on account of a large share of the early settlers being braggarts. Ah. That's one idea. And others believe the name is an amalgamation of Bragg and Docio, the respective surnames and given name of a local husband and wife. Right? Oh, okay. So okay. interesting that there is an actual place that was called Bregadocio, is called Bregadocio, in, in Mis Missouri. Missouri. Of all places. Yeah, right? that's odd, yeah. Fox, <laughs> Fox. So, what's your story? People say I'm conceited, I talk too much, but they must have pity on me. It's hard to be humble when you're as great as I am. <laughs> but he was telling the truth. I mean, he, he wasn't just talking. I mean, the guy backed it up. He looked good, you know? I'm too pretty to be a fighter. Kevin, what are we going to do? You're going to float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. Ah! If a person's reputation is not so generous, bragging can help by providing information that the person has behaved generously. But if a person's reputation is already generous, then bragging doesn't provide any new information. It only signals that the motive isn't pure, that the motive is to improve one's reputation. Nobody loves the Bible more than I do. There is nobody that respects women more than I do. Nobody builds walls better than me. Nobody even understands it but me. Nobody can do it like me. Which is why I alone can fix it. I know words. I have the best words. I mean, like, I'm a smart person. A lot of people think that I'll be the best in jobs by far. I will be the greatest that God ever created, believe me. Fox, Fox. The whole idea of the Christian Protestant ideal of humility, right. right, basically says a braggadocio, someone who has braggadocio, is really puffing themselves up. And the idea of the Christian ideal is to be humble. Right. And so we look upon that kind of person 
as arrogant, egotistical, we call them all kinds of names, full of themselves, etc., etc. Mm -hmm. But there are lots of places in modern society where you see braggadocio every day. Right, and you wouldn't give it the same kind of heaviness or negative connotation. You, in fact, you expect it. I.e. Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali, great example. Mm. Going back a little bit, he came along and people went, holy crow, this guy is like a braggart, a big time, right? What an ego, because he gets hit. I am the greatest. I said that even before I knew it was. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting you say that because for some reason, I never saw him that way. I never saw his bragging as threatening. It was more theatrical, more jovial, more poking fun at, and he was bringing a certain art form into boxing, I thought. Yeah. I've wrestled with alligators. I've tussled with a whale. I've done handcuffed lightning and thrown thunder in jail. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he also said, bragging is when a person says something and can't do it. I do what I say. Exactly. And that's a very important distinction. Mm -hmm. Typically, a braggadocio, someone, a braggart, says something and it's, there's a lie involved in there. They're not as good as they say they are. Not know? only not as good, oftentimes they don't do what they say. Exactly. But Monsieur Ali, he did everything he was going to say. Including telling you what round he'd knock somebody out in. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, Conor McGregor in the UFC is a kind of a braggart type as well, big time, where he's saying, I am the best that ever was. Mm -hmm. The UFC would be nothing without me. He's so puffed up that people love to hate him, but they also recognize he's a very talented fighter in the ring. Right, but I would make a distinction, say, between him and Ali. Yeah. It wasn't just the words. It was how he presented himself. Yeah. He was articulate. Yeah. And he also happened to be a nice-looking man. Oh, he's a beautiful-looking guy. And so all of it, there was a sense, a feeling about him, not just through his words. But McGregor, apart from the fact that he can back up a lot of what he says, he doesn't have that same kind of what I would call finesse. Yeah, and in fact, Floyd Mayweather was 49-0. and 0. 49 victories, no losses. Incredible. And uh, here comes Conor McGregor from a different sporting area, mm -hmm. not a boxer at all, saying, I'm going to beat this guy. I'm, I'm good enough to beat this guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's braggadocio big time. It's also good press. Great press, yeah. but he couldn't back it up. Braggadocio is interesting, too, because it's all about, in a way, self-esteem. Mm -hmm. Building your self-esteem up to the point where you just think you're the greatest thing since chopped liver. And in the last, I don't know how many years, 30 years or so, in education, for example, mm -hmm. there's been a kind of a real switch in how students are approached in terms of their esteem levels and marks and that sort of thing. When I was a kid, if you got a D, you got a D. That was it. And you knew that was subpar, right? Mm -hmm. Nowadays... You're not giving a kid a D so much. In fact, they've even taken marking out of the scenario altogether. Mm -hmm. And now you're putting comments like, oh, he's got challenges in this area. So you're challenged. You're not subpar, you're challenged. So mm -hmm. changing the wording sure. as well. Why? To build up the self-esteem of the student. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting. It's basically saying, build on your braggadocio. You need to look at yourself as being successful. Manufacturer. Yeah, manufacturing success mm -hmm. through psychological means during your education, mm -hmm. which is kind of an interesting thing. So from this Christian Protestant, be humble to you're good, 
you're a success, and don't you forget that. It's mm-hmm. like a motivational tape. Mm-hmm. So while we're on that subject, what's your view on that? To me, there's somewhere in between that's the proper place. Well, yeah, you're the middle guy. You like the middle zone. Well, talk about that middle zone. What would that look like? Well, to me, the middle zone would be more of be realistic, first of all. It's okay to be subpar. Subpar doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means you've got to improve on what you're doing so that you could word it in a different way. You could just say it's not satisfactory, but it can be improved on. You don't have to say you're a failure. Yeah. But at the same time, you're giving them a realistic view of what's happening, whereas the other one is kind of sugarcoating it a bit and saying none of it matters. Well, it matters. It's just that you don't want to put someone down. You just want to say it can be improved, and that's that. Because I think doing it the other extreme, where you're now sugarcoating things, you also create a false sense of things. And it's transforming our entire society. Look at what we accept in our leaders now. Sure, you're turning out mini Mussolinis who grow up to be Donald Trumps, mm-hmm. who's saying we're going to make America great again, which is just an echo of what Mussolini said in Italy. And by the way, that is a trademark of all individuals in those positions, repetition of very simple phrases. Yeah, and the hallmark of the braggadocio is they never admit that they're wrong. Mm-hmm. It can't be wrong. Didn't you just say Mussolini? Yeah. One of his things was, we're never wrong. I'm never wrong. I'm never wrong. But those <laughs> were posted all over the nation. Right, exactly. So uh, I'd love to have that. I'd like to have my picture on a poster saying, this guy is never wrong, and have it all over the damn world. Yeah. But it ain't going to happen. Interestingly enough, from an article by Kenzie Cooperrider, quote, it has long been observed that Western adults, and Americans in particular, privilege the individual over the group. We give our children unique names. We put them in bedrooms of their own. We emphasize their autonomy and needs. Mm -hmm. People in many other societies, most famously in East Asia, have historically privileged the collective instead. But Western-style individualism is gaining a foothold even in the East. Japanese people have started giving their children unique names, for example. Mm -hmm. A recent analysis of 78 countries found that over the past half-century, markers of individualism have increased in the majority of these countries. Mm -hmm. So it's telling you the rise of individualism, the American dream, that whole paradigm, has really produced blowhards, braggadocio, big time in the U.S. And mm-hmm. as we said before, it's kind of expected in entertainment. This is the greatest singer in the world. This is the greatest comic you'll ever hear. Which to me is creating false idols. Yeah, even in sports. Look at mm-hmm. the Olympics. Winning the Olympics is something that countries brag about. Mm-hmm. If you get 50 gold medals, you brag about it. You don't mm-hmm. pull back. Well, I don't think there's anything wrong with praising good work or successes or winning yeah. But I think there's an inherent problem when that becomes the thing. Sure. Right? It should not be at the expense of everyone around you because even the most successful people mm-hmm. were helped by a lot of people along the way. And sure. Especially in things like you mentioned sports. Sport is a perfect example. That champion, albeit all his talent and hard work, there's a chain of people that are connected with that success. Yeah, if you're realistic about it and truthful, you know that you're never successful on your own. You're always standing on the shoulders Mm -hmm. of those who came before you Mm -hmm. and building on that. But the braggadocio doesn't care about history, really. It only cares about me, me, me. Right. And the other problem with that is you can be very successful and do something very, very well, but acknowledge that you're also privileged and that you could use that to help others as well. So I don't think there's a problem with 
being an individual, I think the problem comes when the individual is at the expense of everything and everyone else. But that's the nature of the way it is now, that the individual does take precedence mm -hmm. over the group. America is deathly afraid of the word socialism. If you say the word socialism, their bones start shaking. They feel the ground beneath them start to rumble like there's an earthquake about to happen. There was a, a documentary that I watched where they were interviewing people in Denmark because Denmark, typically, year after year, is always among the top two or three countries where they say people are happiest. That's right. Despite paying the highest or one of the highest taxes in the world. Uh -huh. And so I think Oprah went over there. They did this series of interviews with a few of these Danish women. And when they teleconferenced on one of her shows, they had these two Danish women. And Oprah brought up the issue of the word socialism. And... One of the Danish women gave a perfect reply, in my opinion. She said, well, we understand that you refer to it as socialism, but we like to think of it as civilized. <laughs> Which I thought was sure. an interesting comment. Of course, it's how you paint things. Exactly. Right? And the braggadocio paints things in the way they want people to perceive it, even mm -hmm. if it isn't true. A classic fairy tale by Hans Christian Andersen. Uh -huh. And the fairy tale is The Emperor's New Clothes. Great story. Where these two swindlers come into town, they yeah. blow into town, mm -hmm. and they figure out a way of uh, stealing money from the court. What they do is they say that they're master weavers and they create this magical, almost invisible clothing. Mm -hmm. And of course, the king gets wind and says, I have to have that since he's obsessed with his clothing, apparently, and his looks. He's a braggadocio. My clothing, I look good, you know. So he commissions these swindlers to create an outfit for him because he's going to have a big parade shortly. So they start working on it, and the king wants to know how they're doing. So he sends his representatives from different departments of the government, of the court, let's say, to see how they're doing. And they all go, and they don't see any thread being woven on the loom. They don't see anything, right. but they don't want to admit to it because it means that they're either stupid or they're going to lose their job or exactly. something. Kind of so they go, oh, the colors are beautiful. And they go back to the king and they say, it's coming along really well, your highness. And he sends someone else later on, the same thing. All of his deputies go down and they come back saying, oh, it's a beautiful outfit. <laughs> so when the day comes, the swindlers deliver the outfit, they put it on him. And of course, he's naked. He's got nothing on at all right. and goes out on the parade. And people are screaming, oh, look at your beautiful outfits, your highness, except a little kid who says, why is the king naked? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Transparent. Yeah. So basically pointing out the obvious, mm -hmm. right? And it's a great story about kind of braggadocio and vanity and how in some ways, the way I interpret it, in the modern world, we, the population, yes. have bid into that, have been swindled by these swindlers as well, mm -hmm. with all of the vacuous entertainment that we swallow, all the crap and meaningless information flying yep. at us through the internet, on social media, etc. Mm -hmm. And we swallow that and accept it like it's real, like it's true, like it's the way it must be. Well, social media, now that you brought that up in itself, let's talk about Facebook as an example. So someone's got 1,500 so-called friends, mm -hmm. of which mm -hmm. maybe six are actual friends and the rest are connections of one sort or another. Yeah. Well, inherent in that type of audience, so to speak, whether it's real or not, kind of leads you to that whole kind of puffed up 
approach sure. because now you have to impress on this so-called audience, whether they be acquaintances or real friends, whatever the case is. Yeah, yeah. By the very nature of this wide base, yeah, there's more emphasis on trying to create something that oftentimes isn't there. Sure. Whether it's you have the greatest thing or you bought the greatest thing or you've been to the greatest place, it's all about what you're doing and who you are on a larger scale. Yeah, and people share a lot on Facebook, for example. They share videos and items that they've seen elsewhere mm -hmm. without checking into them. Many of them are just tissues of lies. There just is nothing there, mm -hmm. but they share it. Like, here, look at me, I'm sharing this amazing thing, mm -hmm. but I've never even looked into it to see if it's true or not. So, yeah, and all the likes, oh, I have 300 likes on this uh, upload, wow. It makes me feel good, puffs right. me up in a certain kind of way. So what's the best antidote to braggadocio? Well, a typical antidote that's given for braggarts is to start bragging a little bit about yourself, and you back off, and you make them cognizant of the fact that they're bragging. Yeah, that's one way. Another way is for the braggart to suffer some traumatic experience and realize that they don't have friends coming by to support them or family coming around them to comfort them, that they are actually very alone in the world within their braggadocio, their mm -hmm. envelope of braggadocio. There's no connection to people, real connection. Mm -hmm. And I think once that is made clear to them, suddenly they're thrown back into their loneliness and their existential angst, really, which mm -hmm. underpins the braggadocio. But that sometimes also can take a very punitive approach to correcting a problem, even in an extreme case, like a Donald Trump, where yeah. it seems that no matter what people do, he continues to perform in his particular way. Yeah. But I don't think it's a very good approach to go back at him with exactly what he does or with the exact same style. What, you mean we can't shoot him and, and hang him <laughs> on a meat hook like we did to Mussolini? Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you're the FBI listening, I didn't really mean that. No, no, literally. no. no. Okay? I know. Okay. I, know, I know we don't mean that literally, but that's not the, that's not yeah. the approach. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Uh, you don't correct the problem by duplicating or increasing the original problem. Yeah. So if you're behaving in that particular way, First thing I do is, by my own example, I perhaps show you another way. Because things have a way of correcting themselves eventually, like you said. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a certain level of desertion. Yeah, sure. When that happens. Right? Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, eventually the braggart, full of braggadocio, is shown up to be nothing in particular, really, other than another human being who's trying to be liked. It's also, in some ways, a form of emotional bullying. Yeah, exactly. And we don't want that, kids. We don't want emotional <laughs> bullying. We want you to feel good about yourselves. You are a success. You are smart. You're going to make it in this world. And you don't need braggadocio. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, no more braggadocio. No more braggadocio. But Harry, we still want people to call in. Call in brag about how good you are. Give us a message. Something. A, anything. We're dying over here. <laughs> <laughs> Ciao, Peter. Ciao, Harry. The Sill Podcast, Perspectives on Art and Technology, is a Connecting Dots Media production, available at thesillpodcast.com. <laughs>